Welcome to the Fantasy Football Formula Podcast. We have all the hosts present today. We've got Riley Crum, we've got Connor Murray, we've got Kyle Gullett, and of course you've got me, the Heartbreak Prince, Clay Smith. Let's take it on down to them and get this formula started. Hello, hello, welcome again. Kyle, how are you doing today? I am wonderful. How are you two beautiful men doing? Great. And Connor? I'm good. I'm drinking a chocolate milk by our unofficial sponsor, Fairlock. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy chocolate milk the good way. Does it, did they actually say that, or did you just Nope, say I just that? made that up off the top of my head. Well, they, they should probably use that, because I don't marketing know. Marketing genius. Marketing genius, Connor Murray. You should probably use some of that marketing powers and make us a little bit more listened to. Can you do that? I can try. <laughs> that's, all we, that's all we need. <laughs> all right, so uh, real quick story time. I'm afraid of spiders. I'm so afraid of spiders. And last night I came home. Uh, I haven't got to tell you guys this yet. Walked into my room. It is 1 o'clock in the morning. It's when I got off work. And a spider's running down my wall. Big spider. So I lose my mind. I, I, my whole body shuts down. My back starts hurting. No joke, because all the muscles start tensing my back. I'm actually like arachnophobic. Like I actually am really terrified of spiders. So I got a flip-flop, came in, watched the spider move, couldn't pull up the nerve to do anything. I just stared at it, and I was freaking out. Then it crawls into the closet, and I'm like, this is it. This is it. I'll never get to do anything again in this room. I can't go in here. Open the closet door. Pull up a boot, throw it in the air because I'm just freaking out. The spider flies through the air, and I just start swinging my flip-flop at the ground at 1 in the morning. Wake Sarah up, wake the neighbors up for sure, just swinging away. I killed the spider, and it's still sitting in that room in there right now. I can't go in there. <laughs> it's just in there. I thought what, that a, would, what a great way to start the episode. I thought that you would like to know that because I, I can't stop thinking about it. Like, at all times, it's in the back of my head that that spider's there in the floor. Well, hopefully you got out of your head enough to get ready for this episode. I don't know if it's possible. And just to make sure that you are clear-minded, why don't you read our question of the day? Oh, my God. Uh, what unknown player caught your eye recently and could be fantasy-relevant this year? And this is a... It's important to note that it's unknown player, and this isn't just like some sleepers that we have. These are deep, deep, deep sleepers. So Kyle starts off. Yeah, these aren't players that were necessarily going saying you should go out and grab new drafts but they are players you should keep an eye on and if you do see them produce early in the year know that they could definitely keep that going these are guys that are good uh yeah and my guy is terry mclaurin he is a rookie out of ohio state and he's been overlooked a lot uh, because of paris campbell who he played with in college but i think he's really talented and I think one of the main knocks on him when he came out of college was his lack of production because he only had 75 catches in his entire career and 35 in his senior year. But he was super efficient with those touches he got. He had 35 catches, 20 yards per reception, and 11 touchdowns on those 35 catches. And he's just a great athlete. He's six foot, 208 pounds, so he's pretty good size for a receiver. He runs a 4-3-5-40, which just for reference, DK Metcalf, who has been referenced constantly as one of the best best athletes we've ever seen, ran a 4-3-3, and McLaurin ran a 4-3-5. And he showed really good route running chops in college. Uh, in the senior bowl, he looked great. He runs really good routes. He's really 
quick, solid in his cuts. And I think the biggest problem is just sometimes he loses focus, maybe drops some balls he should catch. But some of that might come from the fact that he was in offense with so many good players. The ball didn't come his way very often. But if he gets a chance to be highly used, used in the NFL, I think he could really be a really be a good player. And Washington, their receiving core is just up for grabs at this point. If he can come out and be good, he could he could easily be their number one fantasy receiver by the end of the year. <coughs> Connor, you got a you got your player ready? Yeah. Um... I really, what I want to say about these guys is that these are guys that are probably going to fall to your waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that means that you're going to have to watch them a little bit more uh, throughout the season because you got to know when to pull the trigger on those guys on the waiver wire. Um, uh, hopefully uh, you're using a fab, fab, by the way. Yeah. Waiver sucker and fab. If you're using fab, uh, use all your money and me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my guy is the New England Patriots wide receiver. He's probably the most known out of these three, uh, Jacoby Myers. <clears throat> he um, he's done pretty good in the preseason. All uh, a lot of the eyes have been on him. But what uh, really caught my attention to him was um, all the all the reports out of training camp that he's been Tom Brady's go to guy in the in the preseason and mm-hmm. in trainings. Um, if I can just jump in real quick. Because uh, usually those preseason reports, you can't trust them too much. Right. But I think this, the ones about Jacoby Myers are a little more meaningful just because of the fact that there's been a little bit of negative coming along with Nikhil Harry. Yeah. Yeah. And Nikhil Harry, uh, there's been reports that he's having trouble uh, with drops. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Myers is 6'2, 200 pounds. He's a body. He's 22. Uh, he went undrafted. And uh, he's apparently done very good at the training camp. Uh, he's impressed. And um, that's my guy. I like him a lot. And uh, one of my big reason for it was that, um, you know, he's got Tom Brady and he's in an offense where fantasy points are so shared uh, throughout the offense. So you might see this guy uh, in the season. He could just have a day in the season and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. Tom Brady is known for for bringing unknown guys out of nowhere and and making them fantasy relevant and real life NFL relevant. So, yeah, he's one of those guys you you could easily see coming out of nowhere and and being a being a guy that Tom Brady loves to throw to. Yeah, I really like the point that you brought up about coach speak and mm-hmm. how to value it because you will usually only hear really good things coming from coaches. So the fact that we are hearing negative things along with it for a different player proves that they are at least mentioning it. I would like to say that um, this could just be a tactic. This is, you know, Bill Belichick offense we're talking about. This could be a tactic to kind of motivate Nikhil Harry. Maybe he's not coming out as hard as they wanted, and they're trying to just say, hey, look, this other guy is good. So you better keep your eye, uh, keep your eyes behind you. Make sure no one's catching up to you. So mm-hmm. I'd like to mention that, but I do love the pick. I love it. I think, um, you know, deep deep sleeper. This is someone great, great to mention. But for me, I'm going to go Preston Williams. And if you've been watching any of the preseason, you may have seen his some of his Has spectacular he catches. Has you? Oh, Preston <laughs> Williams. You know. I'm going to change his name in the doc right now. It's M. Preston Williams. M. Preston Williams. <laughs> I like it. I really do like M. Preston Williams. That, that's actually pretty solid. 
Okay, so in Let's Preston Williams, uh, you're doing pretty solid so far. Uh, in Preston Williams, last uh, last season of college, had 96 catches, 1,300 yards, and 14 touchdowns. He had 14 touchdowns because he's six foot four. So he runs this four five, which is you know massively impressive for human beings. But as an NFL receiver, that's you know about average, maybe a little below. But he's six foot four; doesn't matter. That speed's just enough for for him. He's a touchdown threat, and for the Miami Dolphins, this is great. Like this is a, the perfect team for him to be playing for because he has to beat up Rashad Perryman, who has proven over and over and over again that he does not have what it takes to be an NFL receiver, and. Um, I think this is great that he plays for the Dolphins. It's Devontae Parker with Brashad Perryman because I actually drafted both of them in our first dynasty draft, if you didn't know that, because they were both rookies that year in 2015. I remember. Them, I remember, yeah. Yeah, and they you both of them have for talent. Ah, oh, I mean, the greatest, probably. <laughs> uh, they let me down. I think Brashad Perryman, I gave two seasons to prove me wrong, and uh, Devonta Parker, I gave three to prove me wrong, and both of them proved me wrong five times. So it's great. So um, Parker is a breakout every preseason. I think we're finally getting rid of that tag. Don't you Hopefully. think? Like, I think Hopefully. it's gone. I think, I think it's gone. deservedly so. Yeah, Th- that that's a good thing to mention too because the Miami hop train for their 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 beat reporters yeah, it's love their receivers. So we're hearing some like I heard. Earlier, I told you to look up in Preston Williams, and as soon as you did, you typed in that I am Preston Williams. And <laughs> uh, all you read, you, you started reading me the, the titles for the articles, and they were all extremely positive, which is great. But also, it's Miami. Like, this is what they do. They love sure. to churn out yeah. great reports. So that's a good point. I need to mention that. But this is definitely a guy that could beat out the locks of Brashard Perryman for the third wide receiver. And we agreed that we like Albert Wilson, but if he's put on any other offense, you're like, okay, he's okay. But on this offense, you have to notice him because he's like the only wide receiver of any, you know, uh, any acclaim before he came here. So, yeah, and um, you talked about Impressed Williams being a big slot, and Albert Wilson is their slot guy. But being a big slot, they, they do a lot of different things. So I think there definitely is potential for them to even be on the field together. And, and for sure. Work, work with each other well, instead of them being exactly. true competitors. And with that size, though, he could play, you know, all three. You know, yeah, definitely. definitely. And I, I don't know. I think it's someone that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on. And, and Connor mentioned this earlier. These are people that you should just keep an eye on throughout the season because at any point in time, um, I could totally see Preston Williams going – four for 45 and two touchdowns one week, and then everyone in your league trying to jump mm-hmm. on him. And if you beat that by one week, that's going to be – Really, really good for you. Yeah, just yeah. Those are three guys just to keep an eye on: Terry McLaurin out of Washington, Impressive Williams in Miami, Jacoby Myers in New England. Okay. Now, what's what's the meat of the show today? All right. So everyone has their version of um, players that are rising in their ranks and falling in their ranks. Most people, you know, call it rising, falling, or whatever. We're going to go trending up and trending down. We love the trends. You We're know, trendsetters. You are so far with your names. They're impressing me. They're good. So, I'm, I'm, I'm on fire today. <laughs> so we're going to go trending up first, and we're going to start with Connor. Yeah, we just – we also – we picked one player from each position, uh, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end, 
So, so you, you want me to start with my quarterback? Uh, yeah, let's let's go yes, through our quarterbacks. quarterbacks first. That's yeah. great. Quarterbacks first. Okay. All right. My rising, trending up quarterback. Excuse me. Trending <laughs> up quarterback is Lamar Jackson. Love it. Uh, I think Lamar could be a huge breakout candidate this year. Um, I just simply put, um, he's he's not the best real life quarterback. However, that doesn't correlate to fantasy always. I think Jackson could easily hit 1,000 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he, This offense is new. This offense is, is getting younger, and he's got a lot of weapons around him. Um, so I think Lamar Jackson, and also if he does get 1,000 rushing yards, that's already 100 fantasy points right off the bat. And that's, that's only rushing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I like wrote him. about him in my uh, Russian quarterbacks article talking about how he could easily finish as a top 12 guy. I've got him right on the cusp of being a, a top 12 guy in right. my rankings. And, yeah, if he just throws the ball, like, at a, even below average pace, his rushing is, is going to make him fantasy, like, useful in fantasy. Right, right. He doesn't even have to be good. He just has to run. All so, right. So, uh, so for my quarterback, uh trending up would be famous Jameis. So um, a lot of people have a lot of questions for Jameis Winston and fairly so because he's not supplied a ton of answers. However, maybe he's supplied a little more than what you thought, you know, because he there is some talent there. This was the number one pick when he was there. Uh, 2015. This was the number one pick that year. He's the NCAA champion. His his first year, like he he's he's really talented. And so uh, last season, he everyone remembers the start where he didn't even start the season, and he was it was really hard for him to win that job back. Um, but in his first game back in the starting position, he had 30 points on. 395 yards and four touchdowns like this guy's got it like it's there then he went 20 points and then he got taken out because he threw four interceptions so i see the problem there but then when he when he wins the job back again he comes in with 15 22 22 19 right off the bat he rolls those off like the inconsistency is scary but this is also a weak winner any given week like and that's what I like at my quarterback position. Uh, for me personally, um, spoiler, some of my trending down players are really consistent. And that sounds great. But I'm kind of flipping on that script because the players that win you weeks, those are the ones that are really important. That, that any given week, mm-hmm. Jameis Winston's going to drop 35 points and you're going to win your week. That's that's really important to have. So are you... Are- you're you're willing to take those down weeks where he throws four picks and gives you eight points? Yes. Yes, because and, when I'm looking at the stats, there were two of those weeks last year. Okay. That's it. He only had two of those weeks because his first week back, week four, he had to win the job back halfway through the game. He only had six points, but it was he only got to play half the game, so I'm not mm-hmm. counting that. And then week eight, he scored eight points. Um, on all of on the four picks, so yeah, that sucks that week. And then the next two next two weeks, I know I'm streaming a quarterback, which streaming quarterbacks is great. 
you know, in this league, in, in fantasy football, in a 12-man league, you could stream a very viable quarterback. And then you have four straight weeks where he's, he's winning your week. And then he drops the four points right there. That's not good, of course. But then he's win you, he wins you the last two weeks. So I just – the give and take, two to three games a year, he's not going to show up. And you know that's going to happen. But he's so cheap. Like, you know, this is not someone you're spending a high draft pick on. And you just get so many – he wins you so many weeks. I just think – I think that he's worth mentioning for sure. No, Yeah, that's fair. I, I think he's definitely got the opportunity this year because with Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones as their running backs, they probably won't be running much. So they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are both really good. O.J. Howard is one of the best young tight ends in the league. He, he's and got weapons coach. and Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians coming in. I know last year Dirk Cutter was there, and they had a great passing offense. I think they finished third in passing passing productivity last year, so it was great. Mm-hmm. But Bruce Arians is going to find some really, really intelligent ways to get some get some receivers over. So. Yeah, and my, limit. my guy, my rising, trending up quarterback is Jared Goff which is someone who I have really not been much of a fan of as a player. But I think he's he's got the opportunity to be great. Yeah, no, I mean, his opportunity is always, every year, excellent. So um, Yeah, I talked about uh, Jameis's receiving core and the guys he's, he's got on the team that he can throw to being good. But Jared Goff is, is just on another level. Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, they're all in my top 24 wide receivers. And they're all very, very good receivers. And Jared Goff finished last season as the QB7. Cooper Cup missed a lot of the season with the torn ACL. And he still was able to finish as a QB7. There was a little bit of a downtick in his production at the end of the season. A lot of people are saying maybe teams finally figured out how to attack him. And they're going to come out this year and really shut him down. But I think that offense is just too good. You're not going to be able to focus on Jared Goff. You're not going to be able to do what you want to do to shut him down because they're just going to do something else and beat you that way. And just about him in general, like him as a player, he's been very good in terms of touchdown percentage, which is huge for quarterbacks, and just advanced stats in general. Uh, over his career, he's over the last two seasons, his touchdown percentage is 5.8, which doesn't sound great. But when you think about Aaron Rodgers, the best uh, quarterback in basically the history of the NFL in terms of touchdown percentage, his career average is only 6.2. So Goff is getting close to Rodgers' career percentage in terms of touchdowns. And I don't see that really dipping this season, especially with Todd Gurley being questionable in terms of health. They might lean on the, the throwing game, the passing game, a little more in the red zone. And he also led the league in adjusted net yards per attempt in 2017, so not last year, it was actually the year before, before he really broke out and that offense really broke out. He was still leading the league and adjusted in eight yards per attempt, and I, I think he I think he might be pretty good. I like it, yeah. I really like the pick. I mean, the the Rams showed last year they could be the best offense in the NFL, and under Sean McVay still, the weapons he has is incredible. So, Connor, you want to start us off on the receivers? That puts us at wide receivers, doesn't it? My um, my trending up wide receiver is DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers. 
Uh, I no, really I like this guy. The Carolina Panthers. <laughs> really like this guy. Um, he was a first-round pick out of Maryland, and he had a solid rookie season with uh, 960 yards on 68 touches. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot changed in the Panthers' offense. So uh, in the end of the season, DJ Moore was just trending upwards already, and I believe that'll carry over into this season. Um, he's just, he's got a, he's a smaller body, um, smaller body, but I think that uh, with um, uh, Funchess gone, and uh, you've got uh, what's Curtis Samuel there too. Um, I think this this is going to be the year where um, uh, a trend is going to start setting. Honestly, where you see more of these uh, smaller guys, more of the guys that are like uh, what Odell's size, that are just tearing things up. Uh, he's he's locked. Uh, he's locked in as the I think twenty four wide receiver. Uh, fact check me on that, Kyle. Where he's going right now? Continue. I'm searching it right now. Uh, if he gets more red zone looks, I think DJ Moore has top twelve upside, and uh, that is my pick. I really, I really like the pick, and I really like your point on the shorter receivers. That's definitely a trend you see happening a lot right now. In the NFL, a lot of people are going shorter in the receiver that used to be you know, all about the height. It's yes. not anymore. Like the last, the last rung of elite receivers in the NFL were AJ Green, Julio. Um, was that that range right there? Those people, yeah, yeah. and they were all, you know, six three, six four when they were coming through. And this ring looks like it's going to be a little bit shorter. A lot of the breakouts mm-hmm. we have are, you know, Robbie Anderson, Dante Pettis, DJ Moore. Like this next rung looks, you know, under six foot or just at six foot, which is which is cool. I, I think that shows a cool little shift in the NFL and the speed and the and the quick offense that kind of Sean McVay lookalikes are making. It's, yeah, so DJ Moore is going. As the 25th receiver off the board in half PPR drafts, right after Calvin Ridley and right before Mike Williams. Hey, look, there's another one. Yeah. Calvin Ridley, another shorter receiver that's that's really taken the NFL by storm. So, all right, so you go ahead, Riley. All right, sweet. So my receiver, um, he's he's not the most um, talked about receiver. He um, hasn't been that good in his career. It's Odell Beckham Jr. He um, a lot. He's actually really good and. He's, he's, okay. going to, he's going to the Browns, and I say he's my trending up, and I think that this is the, the highest-rated player that we picked as a group for trending up because most of these players are a little bit lower. But he's trending up for me massively because when the season started, I was – I'm not going to say low on him, but I had a lot of questions. Right, like, right. When, it's, it's just hard. It's so hard to look at a player going to the Browns and say, this is good. This is good for his career. It's a weird. For, it's a weird thing. Yeah, for 20 years now, we've been talking about how. Well, I'm 23, so since I was three years old, apparently, I've been talking about how everyone is about the Browns and how just it's a career killer when someone goes there. Like every time a player goes there, their career is automatically shot before it gets started, and we're not anymore. And I, the more I look at the offense, the more I like Odell. Like, he's had Eli Manning throwing him the ball um, ever since he's been in the NFL. And we talk about – we've mentioned Eli way more than what he deserves to be talked about, but it's never good. True, we true. Don't, no, we don't, in a good way. Yeah, we don't bring him up and talk about how he's going to throw for 40 touchdowns this year. Um, 
and yet he is still a you know top six receiver every year. Like it's it's insane. Like he's so unbelievably talented. Everyone talks about yeah, how DeAndre Hopkins amazing. has the best yeah the best hands in the NFL. Odell has to be right there in everybody's eyes. And Baker Mayfield is way better than Eli Manning. I don't care what you say, Kyle. Baker Rambo Mayfield is a gunslinger. Baker Rambo that, Mayfield. That offense is is going to be high power. Well, we'll be talking about weapons from that offense later on in this episode. All right, mm, that's true. <laughs> so my wide receiver is Sterling Shepard. Uh, I have personally trashed the Giants' offense a lot this offseason, along with a lot so, of other people. Barely so. I just got done doing it actually. <laughs> oh, that's true as well. Uh, but Sterling Shepard has has been one of the one of the shining stars of that awful offense the last few years. He's he's been good throughout his career. He was drafted high, and he's proven to us that he he can do a lot. He has the potential to move outside, play inside. He's really versatile. And last season, he finished as the number twenty nine wide receiver in half point PPR. I mean, how is he going so low in drafts when he's already proven us that he can be good? Odell's gone. He's going to be the number one. He's the number one option in the receiving core. Uh, I think he's probably going to get more targets than Evan Ingram. Yeah, and I, I like Evan Ingram a lot, but I still love this pick because you're right. First four games, they have no options. Yeah, and he's going yeah. as the number 41 wide receiver in, in drafts. 41. Don't, don't think he's being talked about enough, and I think you are correct. He's a I good player he's... on an offense that needs him to be good and get a lot of touches, and I don't see how people are so low on him. And and Jones Jones showed out first preseason game. Now, I'm not saying you should draft Jones. Definitely do not do <laughs> that. Do not do that. But he did show out, and so, like, there is at least some hope that he'll be good because there was a, rece- a quarterback taken, I think, four or five years ago that I was pretty low on coming out of the drafts, and I was really disappointed. His name was Carson Wentz, and I didn't like him. And I was like, why in the world did they take him at the second overall pick and trade up? And he showed out, and it was actually really incredible. I'm not saying that that they drafted the next Carson Wentz, but you know, there maybe there's more upside there than what everyone's giving them credit for. Just because they <laughs> overdrafted him doesn't mean that he's not good. You know, he was still going to be drafted in the first round. They just drafted him too early. So maybe he shows out and he's really good. And then we're looking at a, you know, we're looking at Sterling Shepard as a, you know, top 15 receiver. Not saying that that's that. I think as in terms of talent and how good he actually is, I think he could definitely be there. The offensive line probably needs to be better. And the offense overall needs to improve for him to get to that level. But I think he could easily be a borderline wide receiver two flex this year, and he's being drafted as the number 41 wide receiver on the board. I think it's really it's really a shame. I like the I like the shout-out because you're right. He hasn't been mentioned any any this year, so I definitely like the shout-out. Let's go to running backs. Let's go to running backs. Right, Con- no, no, no. Connor, Connor, I want to hear what you're talking about. Who is that Who is that name down there? You just watched, you watched him do <laughs> that. <laughs> that would be Kalen Balazs. Wait, Kyle, Kyle, what's his name? Are you talking about uh, uh, Kalen Garbage? Kalen Garbage? Kalen Garbage. That's yeah, who you're talking about. Kalen Garbage. Because today, Kyle, today, you know what happened? Unfortunately, I do. I'm not for sure. Kenyon Drake got hurt. 
Oh, Kenyon. Oh, Kenyon. Mm. Oh, the boot? The boot. Das boot. Das boot. <laughs> Drake das boot. boot. Drake boot. He's hurt. And you know what that means. That means more opportunity for my boy. Now, Kenyon Drake's injury, however, not not looking like it's going to carry into the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the first two games, they say. Yeah, he's, he's hopeful for week one, so it's 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 a uh, questionable. We'll say Kenyon Kenyon break. <laughs> so it's Kenyan up in the air. <laughs> so uh, what you're saying is there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, even if Kenyon Drake does play, I have been like the ultimate Kenyon Drake hater in his career. Uh, I I, I think I deserve that. And we've been arguing about him for years. Yeah, yeah, and I think that uh. I don't think the job is just cemented in him. You know, I don't think that he's he's got any grasp on it. He's not, you know, come out, shown out, and just said, you know, this is mine for sure. And Kalen, Kalen Garbage, whatever you want to call him, he's got an opportunity. And I don't even think Kalen Balazs is that good. I don't think he's that great. But he's very fast. He's very strong. And he's definitely physically capable of holding a starting job for the Miami Dolphins, who are offensively very, very Yeah. Last year, 60-year-old Frank Gore out-carried Drake. And it's very possible that Kalen Garbage does the same thing this year. I'm glad you're at least recognizing that. I still think Kenny Drake's going to be by far the best back in that on that team, though, and I don't think Garbage is going to be useful. How often do you end up with Kenyon Drake on your team? Honestly, not as much as you would think. I have him ranked similarly to a lot of other people in my early 20s, and there's just a few guys I have ahead of him who I usually take around that area. Gotcha. I honestly was wondering because I, I think he's I a good RB2, though. I think he's definitely a good RB2. Okay. Do you know where he's being drafted right now? What his ADP is? Let me check. Because cause if, if he's being drafted super low, which I don't think he is. There's a, under- a, a, thirty. While you're checking that. Running back a, 31. So pretty low. Okay. That's pretty 31. Low. Uh, there's another guy I wanted to just mention here um, that uh, I, I he's not being talked about. We haven't talked about him. Well, I haven't on any of the shows that I've, I've been on so far. But Devin Singletary, I think that's a guy that mm-hmm. uh, like eyes need to be kept on him. Yeah, he was. Sure. I, I think I mentioned him. You did early on. You did. You had. We had the one podcast where we talked about players who might lose their job, and you. Oh yeah, yeah. You highlighted Sean McCoy and Devin Singletary. Yeah, I think I think Singletary is very good. He's he's small, but he's good in between the tackles, and very he could yeah. really yeah. be useful. Right. Yeah, I wanted. He's. He seems like a very good tool in the um, in the Buffalo offense, and uh, I want yeah, to think him there. especially one of the most uh, most rushing offenses in the NFL. So right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, Kalen Garbage, and then keep an eye on Devin Singletary. All right, cool. So um, my my running back uh, trending up is Sony Michelle, and again another higher already player. But this is someone who when this when the offseason first started. I have him on my dynasty roster, and I was very high on Sony Michelle. It was very high going into the offseason. And especially after that Super Bowl. Holy cow, that Super Bowl was amazing. And then the more I read, the more I watched, the more I listened, it just kept dropping and dropping, and I was I was falling on him very quickly. And then I, I think I fell too far. 
I think I went to a point where I was like, okay, this is too much. Like he's mm-hmm. he's way better than this. Like he's a really right. talented running back. Like he's not bad. So I started looking, you know, at more um, different statistics. And in the last three seasons, New England has been in the top ten in rushing attempts because Tom Brady's not Tom Brady anymore. You know, this isn't this isn't the Tom Brady of old that can break the touchdown record in any given year. This is this is a much different Tom Brady. This is a more game manager Tom Brady, which is not me starting a Tom Brady argument because right. I, I believe he's the greatest, whatever. But he's not the same. His arm's not the same, at least. And they're running the ball a lot more. And it's still Sony's job right now. Damian Harris mm-hmm. is there. Damian Harris looks good. James White has the passing game. He's not going to lose all of that. I get it. But Sony Michelle is a capable pass catcher when they need him. And Sony Michelle's proved that he's a really good rusher, so he's going to get the bulk of the carries. Um, I know that he got injured last year, and I know that scares both of you guys. Um, I've mentioned it before; injuries don't scare me too much because they're just so hard to predict. You know, um, the more that we learn, and this is a little bit tangent, but the more that we learn about injuries and game time, the more we realize that they're not really that correlated. Because when you deep dive into the statistics, like the more games you play does not automatically equal more injuries. It's not mm-hmm. about fatigue as much as what we really thought. And it's, we don't know enough about it. Um, so I, it's just so hard to gauge on injuries that I don't really factor that in to my process very much. Cause it's just so random. And I just, I'm not looking at injuries. Um, that's the only way though that I see him losing his job. Cause I do think he's better than Damian Harris, even mm-hmm. though Damian Harris is good. This this is a, a I wanted to say this from as a uh, having a perspective from owning him is that uh, every week um, uh, I didn't feel comfortable with Sony Michelle in my lineup and just there's uh, there's factors as to why it would could it could be um, James White it could be and now now you especially with the depth chart that they have now um, so I guess what I'm about to do is kind of um, shake your hand while also slapping you in the face because <laughs> I have a compliment and a, and a negative, but um, uh, the depth chart to me is um, a, a scary problem. Uh, and you are absolutely right with Tom Brady being a game managing quarterback. He just knows what he has to do to win games. Now he's not, he's not mm-hmm. going above and beyond that much anymore. Um, uh, and then there's that uh, Bill Belichick has came out and said that he wants uh, Sony Michelle to be more involved in the passing game, which is also huge uh, uh, for Sony Michelle owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would give Definitely. me a little bit more comfort. <clears throat> but uh, again, my biggest area of discomfort is that depth chart. And you're forgetting about a man. And that is T Rex Burkhead. <laughs> Don't forget about him. Don't sleep yeah. on him. I think definitely the passing work is one is, probably the main concern with him because yeah. he in 13 games last year he had 209 rushing attempts which is and great I, I don't think that's really in danger no. Damon Harris might get a little bit of work but I, I think he's pretty safe with at least 200 you know 220 maybe more carries but I think going back to when LeGarrette Blount was great on the Patriots it was is about touchdowns and I think he has to lock down that touchdown roll 100% to really be worth where he's being drafted right now. And when you look at the Patriots last year, he, Michelle only had six rushing touchdowns. James White had five on half as many carries. 
and James Devlin, who was listed as a fullback slash running back slash tight end, had four rushing touchdowns. If Sonny Michelle is giving up touchdowns to people like James Devlin, then I don't know if he's going to be worth it. And also, yeah, James Devlin had more targets than Sonny Michelle. So Michelle had 11 targets in 13 games. It's hard. It's hard. I agree. I've never, ever put trust in a New England back. I I don't know. I It's way too hard to try to figure out who it's going to be every year because every year it's different, and I get that. But Sony is a little bit different than what they usually have because usually we're trying to choose between Deion Lewis, James White, and um, – you know, Rex Burkhead or something, and we're looking at three B-grade backs, maybe C-grade. This year, we're looking at, I mean, just looking at talent, we're looking at an A-minus-grade running back, you say Sonny Michelle is? I mean, he's talented. He's very talented. Yeah, and he, then we're he looking, is. Yeah, and then we're looking at James White, a B, and Damian Harris, um, untested, but probably a B, and maybe. so, and then Rex Burkhead, maybe a C-plus. So, we're looking yeah. at running backs. That's James what I Devin like to hear. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It, I think it just depends. They say that they want him more involved in the passing game, but until I see it, I'm skeptical. And he really has to has to dominate the goal line work. That's fair. Let Let me ask you a question, Riley. Um, uh, we had a an, an uh, a trade in the next season. Let's go on to the next. Um, what made you pull the trigger on taking? Like, what was it? was it more Sony Michelle? Because I I think it had to be. Um, no, definitely more Darius Guys to pull the trigger on on that. Yeah, Joe Mixon for Darius Guys, Sony Michelle. I was definitely more excited about Darius Guys. This was pre all of the 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 holdbacks on his injury. So right. at this point, he was coming back because he he injured himself in the preseason, and in the in, in the current day and age. ACL injuries do not hold people back the next season. Right. Completely agree with that. Yeah. So I wasn't worried about that at all. So Darius Geis was the big pull there. Sony Michelle was the secondary that just kind of, you know, the cherry on top that I liked to have for Joe Mixon. I thought that I was just getting back so much. But then all the stuff happened with Darius Geis, and then Sony got hurt right around then. So it didn't turn out. But going into the season, I've still got high hopes for Sony. And and I won't talk about Darius Geis anymore. But (laughs) I, I think that. No, I, I like the pick. It's 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 good, and if he is able to secure the goal line work and even just a little bit more work in the past game, then he's definitely going to be a RB two, solid, solid exactly. RB two. Exactly, and this this is just another example of me valuing talent over um, opportunity because mm-hmm. yeah. I believe that Sony Michelle is a very talented running back. He's a first round pedigree back. I just think he's very talented, and I think that talent will out, and he will he will you know it'll rise. All right, so let's 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 go to my guys. I've got really I actually have two work. running backs that I want to talk about. I won't talk about either too much because I think they're both pretty fairly valued, but they're just guys that I had a little lower at the beginning you, of the preseason and I've moved think, up. Do you think your second is fairly? Because I don't think he's very fairly valued actually. Maybe I was going to choose be undervalued. Him I Let think me, so. I have. Miles Sanders and Chris Carson as much as Miles Sanders, yes, I believe is somewhat fairly valued, maybe a little over just because he's a rookie in a um, split backfield. But mm-hmm. 
it, he's like I said, talent will out. He's very talented. Um, so I like it. I like and where he's being drafted is fair. But Chris Carson, though, do you think that he's? I think there's possible that he's being very undervalued this year. Well, so on Fantasy Football Calculator, Sanders is going as the number thirty running back, and Carson is going as the number twenty-one running back in half point, half point drafts. I have Carson ranked twenty-third and Sanders ranked twenty-eighth. So I'm I'm super close to where they're being drafted. So this isn't like okay. me saying they're super values, but I think that. They're just guys that I'm rising on as the preseason goes on, and I think that they're worth where they're going. Uh, Sanders, in particular, is he's just so good. He is. He was great in college. He had to fill Saquon Barkley's shoes at Penn State, and he actually did a good job. Like he, he was comparable to Saquon Barkley when he was at Penn State. And well, as a prospect, the, he was the number one running back coming into college. Like, this yeah. is supposed to be the guy. And Sanders is immensely talented. And the only reason he's not going where Darius Geis was last year, sorry to bring it up again, no, is, because, is because Jordan Howard's there. And Jordan Howard has cool. been getting 250 carries for years now and doing average work with him. I just think Philly is a smart team. And I think they know that Sanders is a better back, a more talented back. And, yeah, of course they're going to share work. Everyone does nowadays in the NFL. But Sanders is going to dominate the passing work. And I think they're going to be at least comparable in their rushing work. And I think Sanders is going to do a lot more with the work he's given. And I think he's going to be, by, the time, by this time next year, I think Sanders is, is going to be a top 15 back in fantasy. Yeah, now that dynasty-wise, I would so totally. If oh, you have a rookie draft, top Sanders. three picks. Top three pick. I mean, number three, I'd totally take. Uh, over any receiver in this draft, for sure, I would take. Um, I would definitely take Sanders because next year, mm-hmm. you're looking like I agree with you. You're definitely looking at a bigger and Especially receiver. on an offense as good as Philly is. There's going to be a lot of score scoring to go around, and I think he's going to get a decent portion of that. Now, Chris Carson is a little more difficult to argue for, I guess. I mean, he's everyone knows what he does. He's a power runner. He runs up the middle, and he just he just runs straight, and he gets yards. And Seattle runs the ball as many times as they possibly can. And he was actually fifth in the league in rushing yards last year. Yeah, no, he's very, very good. Actually, I mentioned this um, earlier uh, to just uh, tie two of the running backs that we've mentioned together. I actually equate um, Kalen Balage to Chris Carson. I think they're very similar rushers. They're just very upright, strong, Mm -hmm. right-down-the-middle rushers. Mm -hmm. And so there's a role for that in the NFL, for sure. Yeah, I I mean, he was was fifth in the league in rushing yards in only 14 games. He actually had a pretty good rate of efficiency, 4.66 yards per carry, which yards per carry isn't a great barometer for skill, but he he was good with the touches he got, and he scored nine touchdowns. And the only worry for him is Rashad Penny. I actually yeah. do think Rashad Penny is the more talented player, but Chris Carson does things that Penny can't, and I think that he's going to be pretty solid in his role i don't think Penny's going to come in and completely take over the job i don't think he's good enough to completely push carson out and i think even worst case scenario carson can be a flex option yeah i like and best case scenario he's a good rb2 i like the carson as the flex option Mm -hmm. uh i was very high on rashad penny coming into last year 
and then he was very high on the scales and he didn't didn't show out like what he was supposed to but if he can lose some weight and get back down he he is scary because he is a good running back but like i just said there is a role in the nfl for the big upright adrian peterson running backs to exist Mm -hmm. and chris carson can definitely fill that role especially in the seattle backfield where they love to just give the ball to the running back and have him run straight down the middle. This is what Marshawn Lynch did for his entire career there. And this is what Chris Carson immediately took the mantle and started doing as soon as Marshawn left. Like, this is what he started doing. Run right down the middle and just, you can't stop me. And (laughs) their offense really isn't set up for Rashad Penny to succeed yet. Now, if he really shows out and he's good enough, maybe next year they move the offense around him. But midseason, it's really hard to audible your entire offense. Yeah, and if Rashad Penny comes out and proves or shows that he can be an elite talent, then sure, Chris Carson's not good enough to do that. Chris Carson's not an elite running back. He is an above-average running back who does certain things well. And I just think that he's going to be able to do those things better than Penny and hold his role. Now, I would love to talk about my tight end, tight end first. Okay, yeah, no, please do. Yeah, absolutely. It's my boy, Jimmy Graham. And this is the weirdest pick on our list, for sure. What do you mean? He's I only mean, 32, about to turn 33. That's he's actually in, pretty young for a tight end. I was surprised. Yeah, that. another guy like Delaney Walker, he's like 35, 36. <laughs> yeah. I love the old tight ends. But anyway, Jimmy Graham... He was the number one tight end. Him and Gronk were right there for many years. And he just kind of fell off when he went to Seattle. He's, he's had some injuries, and he's just not gotten back to that peak that he was at in his younger years. But he's still been solid. Last season, he was the tight end 14, and everybody thinks that he was just non-existent. He was usable last year. He had 55 catches over 600 yards, and the problem was his touchdowns. He only had two touchdowns, which is uncharacteristic for him because over his entire career, he's averaged one touchdown per every eight catches, which is kind of crazy, but over a, a career as long as his, I think that's just that's just who he is. He catches touchdowns. He's so big. He's so big, and he's not as athletic as he once was, but he's still quick enough to get to his spots and get open. And if he would have kept that pace of touchdowns for last season with his 55 catches, that would have been seven touchdowns, which would have jumped him from the tight end 14 to the tight end six. And I don't expect him to get back to a touchdown every eight receptions, but I think he can definitely improve on that. And Aaron Rodgers had one of his worst seasons in terms of touchdowns last year. And if Rodgers comes back to his near his career average, then Jimmy Graham's going to catch four to five more touchdowns, I think he could easily be a top 10 tight end this year. I like it. I actually really liked the pick after you explained yourself on it because it's weird. It's hard, you know, but I actually did really like the pick there after a little bit. And um, come at me, bro. No, I didn't. I did, (laughs) but then I I left. I I left it. Um, My tight end, I have two tight ends. Like, you had two running backs. Um, my main one is Trey Burton, and this is a big topic that I talk about all the time, is I think as analysts, as people who look at these numbers all the time, we love to 
drop really people want to it's hard to to recency bias yeah the recency bias is so high and we love to just like dk metcalf is my ultimate example i feel like we went so high so fast after the combine on him and then everyone was like wait maybe he's not actually that good and we should just drop and then they dropped way too hard and they he went way too low he well, he's, he's at least somewhere in the middle. He's definitely not as bad as what everybody was saying out of him because everyone wanted to make sure they covered their bases. Like, no, 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 he's actually not. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. We messed up. And then they went too far down. And now they're somewhere they're, – they're too low now. Trey Burton is that person for me where last year everyone was like, wait, wait, wait. This is a top five tight end. Everyone would agree. Right? <laughs> yeah, he was – This is a top five tight end. He was overhyped a lot. Exactly. I liked him a lot too. Exactly. And then last year he – he did not pr- produce as as was marketed, but he's still talented. He's still he's still pretty good. I'm not saying he's as good as maybe as we thought, but he's still very good. And that offense is still very good. I really like that offense. And I have not heard anything about him this year because everyone's hurt. I think I think everyone's hurt after last year. No one mm-hmm. wants Trey Burton on their team after what he did last year because everyone was taking him in like the sixth round last year, and now everyone's like, no, we're not making that mistake again. Well, guess what? He's not being taken in the sixth round anymore. Like, this is a good value, and I'm starting to rise on him the more that I've been looking into it. Yeah, I like um, Trey Burton. He's, yeah. He's a, a tight end one for me going into this year, which isn't saying much because the lower-end tight end ones are still kind of bad. But, yeah, if if he really plays well, he could definitely be a you know, top 10, top 8 guy, like a yeah, weekly starter. He's an old Eagles uh, tight end, and the uh, my other tight end is now a current Eagles tight end, uh, Dallas Goddard. Um, I think Dallas Goddard is is very very good. Um, I watched every Eagles game last year, and he's really talented. Like again, here's I'm back on this again on this talent thing. Like it just makes sense to me. He's really good, and I know he's behind Zach Ertz, who's like you know, the most targeted tight end in the history of football last year. Like, I get it. Like, Zach Ertz is amazing. And he has the greatest rapport with with um, Carson Wentz. But it just needs to be mentioned that he is very good. And as much as I don't like to look into it, Zach Ertz has a terrible injury history that we're looking over because he was so consistent last year. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he was very good last year. But for the, the four seasons before that, he barely touched the field. So at any point in time, if if – if Ertz goes down, Dallas Goddard's immediately a top five tight end. Like yeah. immediately, I don't think anyone can can push back on that because he's shown that he's good as the second tight end. And how many second tight ends provide uh, fantasy relevance? I mean, how many ever? Like, very any? few. Very few. Yeah, there's hardly none. Trey Burton when he played for the Eagles, that's about it. And the one who now, shall not now, be named from and from in New England. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, Dallas Goddard uh, is good, and he's very good. And Zach Ertz does agree, present an yeah. interest. And Goddard has it, shown it, that is... he's great, a great player, and if, if he does get opportunity for whatever reason, he's going to be great. Exactly. And this is don't draft Dallas Goddard. He's free. Just just keep an eye. Keep an yeah, eye. keep an eye. Keep an eye. Don't, tie, don't track, handcuff your tight ends, but if there ever was one to handcuff, it would it, it would be Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Including that he has flex value, yeah. Yeah, I guess. That's fair. Yeah, just just watch him. Just watch for him. 
keep an eye out. On you got a lot of eyes. Put one of them on him. Have a trender for us, trending upper. So. My uh, my trender upper is uh, <laughs> uh, tied in Mark Andrews of the Ravens, and uh, I picked Mark Andrews uh, for a weird reason, and that's because um, I think that he there's so many things that remind me of George Kittle with Mark Andrews, and um, and I was I was really high on Kittle last year, uh, in secret, and uh, but, <laughs> but but now uh, I feel like uh, that he panned out and turned out to to be just an absolute animal that uh, I should share the knowledge. So um, you should feel vindicated and <laughs> yeah, and, uh, step so, out of the uh, closet with your love for for large fast tight ends. Yeah. So. Um, uh, uh, the uh, the few similarities are that uh, if Riley, could you name me the 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 top three wide receivers on the um, on the Ravens? Top three: yeah. Snead, Marquise Brown. Who's the third? I can't remember the third. <laughs> Jordan Lastly, that's number. <laughs> yeah, not great receiving options. Um. Same thing in parallel to uh, the 49ers, uh, uh, subpar quarterback play, um, preseason hype. You know that's that's about that's about feeling the same as it was last year with uh, Kittle, and uh, they were both heading into their uh, sophomore season. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's it usually what it feels like. Uh, I keep doing is just giving hot takes. But um, uh, I'm 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 not expecting Andrews to break records like Kittle did, uh, but I am expecting a breakout season. Uh, I think a top five finish is well within his reach. For sure. Um, I I think the the biggest uh, reason is because of the receiving options. Um, those I I I can't even believe that those are their three best receivers um and that's off that's terrible yeah, no, no i really, I really like the i really like the mark andrews pick because last year um lamar jackson proved that he wasn't the greatest passer for right. sure <laughs> however you put it a little lightly there yeah, yeah but there was a rapport with mark andrews when he played yeah, with, with with mark andrews mark andrews targets and receiving yards and touchdowns all went up because i don't know what it is there but he he feels comfortable throwing to mark andrews and as i just mentioned that means a lot for a tight end like that's really really important and honestly really undervalued is having because tight ends are like safety nets and like for a quarterback, if if the receivers aren't open, which the um, with the amazing talent the Ravens receivers have, they may not be as open as Lamar Jackson would like. The safety net is always either your scat back running back if you have to be a Riddick or something, or your tight end. Mm-hmm. And if if Lamar Jackson has proven to us that he trusts Mark Andrews, then that should definitely be noted for sure. Yeah, I'm with you on the, this pick. Actually, I drafted him as my only tight end in the draft I had last weekend. He's my he'll be my starting tight end. I'm a little worried about him being my only tight end starting in week one. And but I did draft him and I think he's definitely got a shot. And the I, the, the biggest argument against him is just that that offense is not gonna pass well at all. Right. And if the right. volume isn't there 
his target share most likely won't be big enough to to overcome that. But if if they do pass at even a below average level, I think he he can be good enough in the terrible wasteland that is tight ends to be playable. Right. And and again, that wide receiving core, I think that all the more just mm-hmm. boosts boosts I, his Yeah, his I actually share. do like Marquise Brown. I think he's a good player, but other than him, it's He is a good player. I, I feel bad that he's in that this wonderful passing offense, but he is a good player though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess that ends our trending up section and now we're gonna move on to the trending down. Be a little the little hate at people. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> who wants to go first i will uh start us off with um something i feel kind of bad about like you know the nicest guy in the nfl probably the um most consistent guy in the nfl second most consistent maybe uh philip rivers who year in year out proves that he is one of the best nfl quarterbacks there is right now or over the last like 10 years like so undervalued as an NFL quarterback because of just how boringly consistent he is. Like he's not, he's never been, you know, in the last, you know, in the 2010s and up, he's not been contesting for an NFL MVP ever, but he's also never even been close to losing his job. He is very, very soundly the quarterback of one of the better offenses in the NFL. And that's because he is so disgustingly consistent it's crazy. And earlier I mentioned, I kind of gave a brief, uh, brief shot at Philip Rivers earlier when I was talking about Jameis Winston because Philip Rivers, Philip, Philip Rivers does not win you weeks. He keeps you in weeks, which I guess if you want to play a roster construction game and you have a really high-powered offense, then drafting Philip Rivers is not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But Jameis Winston has the – instant capability of winning you a week with a big 35 bomb you know that's that's huge if if your tight end didn't show up one week but then Jameis winston scores 35 great you've made up for that you're fine philip rivers is never gonna give you that he's gonna give you 15 to 21 points every single week which is amazing but not a week winner Ever. Like he's never going to win you a week. He's just going to keep you in the week. And so he's been rising, lowering for me, trending down for me because it just doesn't excite me any. No, it makes sense what you're saying. Because when you go later around for quarterbacks, like all of us like to do, you're looking for someone who has the potential to be great, who has a potential to possibly be top five, you know, top eight, whatever. And Philip Rivers has rarely shown the ability to do that. Correct. Actually, uh, I looked up his fantasy finishes for the last five years, and they read off like this, starting from the oldest to the to last year, 12, 12, 14, 8, 11. So he's actually been higher the last two years, but he's always going to be a fringe QB1, and he's not going to be able to win you weeks, and he just doesn't have the upside that you should be looking for when you're in the late rounds. Exactly. I, I that's that's exactly right. It's just late in the draft for quarterbacks specifically. There are so many boomer bust options that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, I know someone that's a big point of contention for us is Derek Carr, but mm-hmm. Derek Carr could definitely be a top 
top six or seven quarterback. I don't think you could have any qualms with that. I'm not saying he's going to be, but he's definitely in his repertoire. And I don't see Philip Rivers at this time having one of those one of those seasons. Yeah, and just a little bit more on QB strategy. It's it's about that upside because of the fact that you can you can stream the position and get it and end up with a QB one season out of all your streamers. You can stream players week by week and still get QB one value. So that's oh why God. getting a like a fringe QB one who without that upside isn't worth it. Is it is it not kind of weird that we call it streaming and his name is Philip Rivers? Like a stream a river, and he is probably the ultimate streaming quarterback. The streamer, Philip Streams. Philip Stream. That's like amazing. Philip okay. Streams. Philip Stream. That's his name now. Philip Stream. Now, if you don't mind, I would like to throw some dirt on one of our favorite characters, one of our favorite NFL personalities. Oh no, Baker. Rambo Mayfield. I hate this. I really, I really don't like this at all. This is bad. This is good. This is good. This is great. This so is sad. Baker has been absolutely hyped just an insane amount. He's one of the most hyped players I've ever seen in fantasy, like, ever. It's crazy. He is going as, like, the number five QB. Let me fact check that real quick. But I just don't understand why. Okay, I do understand. Yeah, he's going as a number five quarterback above Matt Ryan, above Carson Wentz, above Cam Newton, above everyone but the top four. It is, it's crazy to me. He is a gunslinger, which is why is the main reason why a lot of people are picking him because it's the upside that I'm talking about. It's the upside to be top five. But you can't draft him at his peak. And his peak for me is, is number five. I I like that point. Um, I don't I don't love it. Um, I don't think his peak's number five, but that's definitely just a difference of opinion. Um, he definitely could be the number one quarterback this year. I don't. I like Carson Wentz more, and Cam Newton. I like probably around the same. But I really like Baker, or Baker Rambo. I mean, he doesn't. There's no fear in his eyes, and and. and also, I'd like to mention all the off-the-field issues that, that were really hounding him before he started are gone almost. And I don't want to say gone, but like he's been in the NFL now for a year and a half, and nothing's happened yet. Now, I mean, my problems with, with Baker, Rambo, Mayfield are purely on the field. <laughs> okay. I love his off-the-field personality, but he's a gunslinger, like I mentioned. He threw 14 interceptions last year, and I don't see that dropping much. And... You know how much I love running quarterbacks. I love Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, all those athletic quarterbacks. But he doesn't do a whole lot of running. I mean, he's an athletic guy, but last year he only ran for 130 yards on 39 rushes. And if he doesn't up that, I don't think his passing can carry him into the upper echelon of QBs because of his poor decision-making at times, his high interception numbers. And I, yeah, Odell is gonna make it easier on him. He's gonna be better than he was last year. And last year he was the QB sixteen. And I don't think that Odell's gonna push push him from sixteen to five. 
Uh, what about two extra games? Because um, he didn't he didn't start the first two games. He came in on halfway through the third when Tyrod got hurt. So that's two extra games too. Um, I don't know what that would average out to putting him, but I don't think I know it wouldn't be five. But his rookie season, he threw for twenty seven touchdowns. I know you wanted to mention fourteen interceptions, but twenty seven touchdowns and fourteen interceptions is pretty solid. I know that you you like Josh Allen, who had a negative negative touchdown interception. I know you like him because he's rushing and everything, but I, I mean, he's a, just a pure gunslinger, and his options are terrifying. Like they rival the Rams' offense. Um, with options, and he's a better quarterback than Jared Goff. Um, I'm not sure that – I mean, he probably is, but I'm not convinced of it at this point in his career. And to your point where he only played 14 games, in terms of points per game, he was 20th instead of 16 overall. So, you know, that is including uh, Jameis, who played 11 games, Fitzpatrick played 8, Wentz played 11, and Josh Allen played 12. But they all are above him, and they push him down to 20th in terms of points per game. Now, I, 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 I wish I would have picked the opposite of Kyle's picks just completely because I did pick golf to be my trending down. But I, <laughs> I wish you had too. I yeah. wish you had too because this Baker picks really, really freaked That's me it. out. That was a missed opportunity, but we'll, 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 we'll digress. Um, and listen, I'm not saying he's going to be awful. He's my number 10 QB right now. 10, wow. That's, that's lower than, than what I even thought you were going to say. But I just don't see any way he's going to be in the upper echelon of quarterbacks with his high interception numbers, Maybe low rushing he's numbers. Maybe playing for the number one offense this year. I don't think he'll be the number one offense. I think I, it very uh, well could be. Sorry, Connor. I, I apologize. Yeah, no, you're good. I, I don't think that uh, Goff is going to be in the top ten this year. Um, <laughs> good well, I have I have Goff good at segue. 11. He's actually behind Mayfield. Yeah, see, I would, I, I would probably put him around the I think 15, they're close, though. 15 range, I would say. Uh, I just don't think that Goff is going to uh, keep the keep up the trend of what he did last year. Um, I don't think they're going to go to this. Um, I don't think they're going to. Everybody's been saying in the preseason they're going to go to more of a um, pass-heavy offense. I don't know that they will. I don't think that they will. Um, I think Gurley's too good for that. Uh, if the knee injury comes out to be what uh, they're making it then yeah i could see that but uh, i don't think the receivers um are gonna i i think last year was just a um and uh, i don't know how to put this i think last year was a uh, I, I don't think it can be repeated for outlier is an outlier yeah. last year yeah 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 i don't think it can be repeated for the rams uh i don't think it can be actually repeated for anyone on the rams mm-hmm. other than todd Gurley. Um, no, that's fair because, I mean, as I mentioned, Goff struggled at the end of last season, and maybe he's just not as good as he showed at the beginning of the year, which is very possible. But I think they're in similar situations where they're in good offenses. They both are not elite quarterbacks, in my opinion. Uh, like, I have them both statted out for around 30 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. So pretty gunslinger-esque, and neither one of them brings a ton in terms of rushing. I think they're similar players this season in fantasy. I, I'm fine with that comp because I do think that their offenses are extremely comparable. Um, Odell being better than any of the three receivers that, that Jared Goff has. However, the depth for Jared Goff is so much mm-hmm. better than them. So like I see the comparisons there between their offenses. Both have good running backs. Both 
good offensive lines. I just I, I like Baker's talent. I'm not saying he's okay. a top five talent. He's more talented than Goff. Yeah. I but I, I'd say he's he's Goff is Goff to me seems. I think Goff is a top five greatest all time system quarterback. If that makes sense. <laughs> it, all right. Well, I think we spent enough time on Baker. Yeah, probably. We know you know my opinions, and you guys are obviously opposed. Yeah. So what's up next? Uh, we'll go with receivers on our uh, trending downs, and uh, I actually have Dante Pettis as my receiver, who I like it. Is having so much hop this year, and I felt trapped. I felt trapped to it right off the bat. I was all in on him. I was like, "Yeah, this guy's going to be incredible. Like, mm-hmm. why doesn't everybody love him?" And I don't know. This is one of those things where I actually went too high. And now I'm coming back down. It's just like I went up with everybody, and then I'm, I started watching some clips, and he is good, and I think he's going to be good. I don't think he has this 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 upside that people think he has. I don't talent wise. I see him as a B plus player, and B plus players supply good statistics, but they're not in the top, you know, fifteen, ten receivers that you end the year with. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if he's the number one target on the offense. I, I see him finishing, you know, mid twenties maybe. I, I think he's good, and um, just not not great yet. And so mm-hmm. I. I Still locked Dante Pettis. I'm still going to be looking at him in drafts, but maybe I went too hard. Now I'm trying to bring it back down. Yeah, I mentioned uh, that I took who did I, I mention I took in my draft. Oh, I took Mark Andrews in my draft last weekend. I actually also took Dante Pettis, and I think he's a good player. He's really showed some electric moves at the line uh, against press coverage, where he just destroys people. He's definitely got the route running chops, and I think a lot of it, a lot of his potential comes back to the offense. If the offense reaches their potential, he's going to be really good. Devin Coleman is going to be good. I think Breida's good. I think they have a lot of talent, and if they can put it together, I think that's going to be a really surprising offense. But there's also a possibility of the downside, and I think that's where it comes down for me at Pettis is I took him for that upside where he could be the number one receiver on a good offense. But it's also, they came out, the Niners came out and said that he's not guaranteed to be the number one receiver. And we mentioned coach speak, negative coach speak is all the time something you should pay attention to. And there's some negativity coming out about Pettis. Yeah, and only from their coaching staff, because apparently mm-hmm. everyone loves Dante Pettis this summer. And, <laughs> yeah, and I except fell, for the team. <laughs> yeah, and that's not good. That's, yeah, never that's not good. Anything. It's never good. <clears throat> All right, Connor, you got a uh, receiver for us. Yeah. Down not, on. Not, not feeling great about this one. It's hard. I think it's hard to find a, a bust in the wide receivers because of how, um, how just variant they can be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, that's fair. So uh, this one, I, I just feel like a, I picked a guy that I don't think he's going to duplicate what he did last year. I feel like uh, Robert Woods, uh, of, also of the Rams, uh, had hit. I feel like that was his ceiling last year. Very um, uh, Cooper Cup's back, uh, and uh, Josh Reynolds, I think he might be in for a breakout season. Um, I think there's too many mouths to feed in the offense that is led by Goff. Um, I, I don't think the early fourth round value I, I don't think you're going to get the return 
I don't think you're going to get what you're spending for Woods if you're buying him right around there. And that's where he's going. So I, there's no world where I'm buying Robert Woods in, in early fourth round. Yeah, I mean, he's going number 17 in wide receivers right now. And he was actually a guy that I considered for my training up picks. But even then, of course I don't have him near number 17. Like he's he's in my around 20. For, I mean, he's kind of near it, but he's around 20 for me. And yeah, his season last year, I definitely agree it was his peak. He was a number nine receiver in half point PPR. Yeah. No, I don't think there's any way he gets back to that. But I do think he's a good receiver, and I think he's on a good offense, and I think he's going to lead him in targets. I, I agree that he'll lead them in targets. He's he's an unbelievable route runner. He's mm-hmm. not a physically gifted receiver um, for NFL standards. I mean, he's an incredibly physically gifted human being, but NFL standards, he's not that great. But he's such a good route runner. He has safe hands, and he's one of those safe production people to me. But it, it makes complete sense that if you're fading – Jared Goff, you should also be fading their receivers. Exactly. No, that that makes perfect sense. I completely agree with that. So I guess it's up to me. And Connor's been, you know, trashing all the things that I love. So I'm going to trash something that he loves. Oh, no. Wow. Can we just <laughs> retaliate against each other? Look, let's stay no, together, no. guys. Stay together. Will Fuller. Uh, and it's not about Will Fuller, the player. Because I, I really like Will Fuller. He is dynamite. It's about on, the, on the outside there. It's about the situation more than anything, which obviously situation is everything. He's a very talented player, but he's an often injured player who's playing in an offense with a lot more weapons than there have been throughout his tenure there. They just added Duke Johnson, Kiki QT. Uh, it showed that he's very good last year, and I don't think he's worth the risk where he's going right now which is 30, 33 wide receivers, which is pretty low. He's going as a flex option, a wide receiver three. But I think there's a lot of other players in that range that I would rather have, the safety, who also have pretty good upside. I mean, uh, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> I, I like it. I don't love it. Um, as far as second wide receivers go, like Will Fuller has been the the prototype for the last you know three years. Like he's been the the prototype second receiver with value, with good value, because mm-hmm. he's never you know that that good, but he's always good, and he's a maker. He's a bust boomer bust player who who shows a lot of um, upside as a player, and you know he's behind DeAndre Hopkins, but that's kind of what creates his value being behind such a consistent and good wide receiver that deep routes just they're they're a great pair because DeAndre Hopkins is is not that fast so he's a good drop cut uh, slant route receiver while Will Fuller is straight down the field just just boosters down the sideline and big touchdowns so it's a great symbiotic relationship and I really like Will Fuller but I see it. He's got an injury history. He's inconsistent, and I know that Duke Johnson's there and everything, but still like Will Fuller. I don't take him in a lot of drafts, but I see his talent, so I, I see why you're mm-hmm. falling on him. I can at least yeah. see it. So I want to hear what Connor has to say because yeah, yeah. Connor, Connor likes him a lot. Yeah, I uh, I think he's a, a great pick this year. Um, he's one of the players with uh, the injuries that um, – that, I think that he's so good when he's on the field that his injuries 
they they kind of they stepped to the side for me mm-hmm. um, in in that regard. But whenever um, uh, whenever he's uh, he's healthy and he's going, I think that uh, the touchdown potential for him is just out the roof. Definitely, he's um, a big touchdown guy. Yeah, so that's that's what does it for me is is how how big he is with those touchdowns and whatnot. Yeah, and I, that's also kind of one of the reasons that I'm I'm fading him is he can be touchdown dependent at times because yeah. He's not. He, he gets a crazy yards per reception. He catches long balls. He scores a lot of touchdowns. But when he doesn't score those touchdowns, he's not that good. In historically, I think he can be touchdown dependent. And like last season, he had three games out of the seven he played where he didn't catch a touchdown. And in half point leagues, he scored two point five points, four point three points, and nine point eight points. But the four games he caught a touchdown, he was great. Like he was awesome. But you really have to be able to – you have to be willing to, to take those down weeks with them. And I'm just, I'm just not willing to do that at the price he's going. That's fair. So um, we have went through all of our trending down receivers. I'm going to jump into our running backs, and it's going to be a very, very familiar name from me. I don't know. This is pretty surprising. Is it, though? <laughs> no, not is at it? all. So – this player, I have tried my best to knock down as far as possible. And even with that, I am still consistently finding the reasons to just to just not like him at all. This is Damian Williams. I just, there's, there's nothing here that excites me. And I really don't, don't see any upside that everyone's seeing. Like I, I see almost none. I think that at the price he's going, there's zero upside. Like, if Damian Williams was being taken in the seventh round, this would be awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Let's jump on board. He's not. He's not being taken in the seventh round. This is this is not where he should be taken. Kyle, do you know where Damian Williams is being taken right now? He is right now going as the 13th running back off the board. The 13th running back. Second round, 11th pick. Who's going 14th, 15th, 16th real fast? Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones. Okay, all three of them. Boom. Those are those are all set and forget it. The talent with Damian Williams is is so below par. Like I've been ranking people today just off the cuff. I've been giving you know some the lowest grade so far. I think I've given is a C plus. Damian Williams is hardcore taking up a D D plus. No way. For sure. You we talked about him before the podcast. What was the nicest thing? What was the nicest thing you could say about him? He's quick. He's quick. That's it. Do you know how many players in the NFL are quick? Do, like, they, do you know how many players in their their backfield that are quick? Probably just him. Oh, in their backfield, Darwin Thompson's not slow. He's pretty is he? quick. Nah, he's, he's pretty quick. quick. Yeah, I, I, exactly. But I think. I, I, yeah, I think my, that's my argument. The longest thing ahead. Kyle's ever said. <laughs> I, I think that's probably the worst thing Kyle's ever said on the podcast. I think that all those rookies that are just killing it in the preseason. Uh, I think what they have Thompson and uh, who's the other one? Um, they have another one. It might be another. Uh, yeah, pull up their depth chart. I'm not. I'm not for sure who the other one is, but I like Carlos Hyde as well. I don't think Carlos Hyde is gonna take the job over because they do like the faster running back. So Carlos Hyde doesn't really fit that mold. I, I think. Um, I I absolutely agree with Riley on this one. I don't think Williams. I don't think Williams is even good. Um, D plus. Yeah, D plus, D, D plus at best. Uh, 
heavily don't like the statement that Kyle brought forward. Um, <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, I've never said that he is a great player. I think he is a decent player who is on a great offense, who's going to have a lot of room to run, and he's quick enough, he's fast enough to take advantage of them. And he's going to get – he's the best receiver in the backfield. Hyde has been an – an okay receiver. He's he doesn't do a lot with his touches. I think Williams is going to get a good amount of receiving work, and the biggest upside for him is the touchdowns because they're going to score a lot of touchdowns. And if he can score on the ground and through the air with that offense, he's going to be good. Yeah, I also want to mention that another reason that I don't like him. This is really what's taking him down here lately, is that I have the Kansas City Chiefs regressing um, a good amount this year. Um, what Patrick Mahomes did last year. So there's okay. So there's only two options for what Patrick Mahomes did last year. Either we saw the beginning of the greatest quarterback of all time, and I'm not kidding. Like that's the kind of the statistics he was throwing out last year. We either saw the beginning of of uh, the greatest quarterback of all time, or he's going to regress. That's it. Like those are the only two options. There's no option where it's like, oh yeah, he he just throws one less touchdown than last year. Like, that doesn't happen, like, unless he's the greatest quarterback of all time. So he's got to regress a pretty good amount, um, that, which means that whole offense regresses. And, yeah, I mean, I have them regressing too. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm, I, I have them regressing a little bit more. I just don't <laughs> think that it's sustainable. And um, Kareem Hunt's better than him, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. So you can't. I know you're not doing this, but I don't think people should take what Kareem Hunt had and just dump it into Damian Williams' pile and say, okay, this is this is what you're going to produce this year. That's not going to happen. Like, that's just not how it works. A D-plus running back doesn't carry what a B-plus running back does. Like, they can't do that. So, Damian Williams is uh, – this is one of the most things I've been sure about my entire life. And I'm not saying he's not going to have any value. Of course he's going to have some value this year. He but might even have a few good games. Yeah, you know, he will. No, that's what I'm saying. I think he's going to be he's going to have a few boom games where he scores 25 points and has two touchdowns and everybody's like, "Holy cow, I messed up. Should have took him, but next week he's going to drop big eight bomb on you with with, you know, 40 yards rushing and you know, th- that's that's what I imagine is going to happen this year. There's no way in my mind he he provides consistent big fantasy results this year. There's just no way. And I I don't know what I – I don't know. There's just no way. No (laughs) way he's the 13th best quarterback in the NFL or running back in the NFL. There's just no way. I just – there's just no way. I have him ranked 16th. And I think that he's – I mean, I I have him – it's it's low compared to everyone else, but know, it's still high on this. See, I'm doing I'm YouTube. doing the good work. I'm doing the good work right now. I'm bringing you down three spots, but I, I'm not working hard enough yet. Well, you know? I have him projected for 200 carries, which is a little over 12 per game, and 56 targets, which is three and a half per game. I don't think that's out of their own possibility at all. I think it's actually pretty conservative, and if he gets that, he's going to be an RB two. That's all I'm saying. A high that's all he's saying. Yeah. Because that's where you're having projected. Mid, mid to high end RB2. Wow. Um, 
Kyle, let me let me go next, and because I want yours to be the 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 final yeah. thing. Because yeah, you I, guys are just gonna be hating on me all day. That's, no, I'm on no, your no, team. No, it's just I'm me. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, me. okay, good. It's just good. me. All right, so uh, I'll go first with Derrick Henry because I I think I'm pretty sure that we all agree that Derrick Henry is being drafted too high. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. There we go. Uh, I I think he's being drafted too high. And we can all throw our chips in on this. That I and he's I, not even being drafted that high. I just don't think he's good. <laughs> yeah, I think he's being drafted. What, the, what is he being? The seventeenth running back? Uh, it's actually twenty-two. It's it's. I think it's moved down a little bit. Oh, he's good. Because he um, was he was top twenty before. And that still doesn't change things for me. I me I think that um, I think he's going too high. I, I Dion Lewis is still going to get all the passing work, um, passing attempts uh, <laughs> at that. Um, Good, good point. Marks Mariota passing attempt does not mean does right. not uh, equal relevance. Uh, Derrick Henry, uh, he did do good. He did finish the season very well and strong because he is strong. But he's so strong. But uh, I, he, his style of play just hasn't correlated yet for me enough to warrant being taken at where he's at where people are looking at him and they're saying he's a breakout this year. I don't think so. I don't see that for him. Um, it's not. I don't think it's in his realm of possibility. I held on to him for two years, just waiting on that breakout day, or and it never came. Uh, he always got piled behind. Uh, he was behind uh, Murray for a long time, and he just never could get out of his shadow. And Murray was on the outs the whole time. Exactly. Uh, then he's got uh, Dion Lewis, and I'm sitting here thinking that's that's Dion Lewis, dude. Like it shouldn't be that hard to get out from behind Dion Lewis's shadow. Um, which, which is, which I love the wordage you use there. The verbiage right there is amazing, including that picture that you showed me about. Oh yeah, the, oh, yeah. Dion standing beside Derrick yeah. Henry. If Derrick we could Henry's make that the cover art of this podcast, I think that would be great. <laughs> if not, of a man next to like, I, I seriously like if man. I was standing next to Derrick Henry. It's awful. The Titan um, of a man. That's a good God. It, and he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't do it last season until those last few games. And I don't think that it, it correlates uh, into this season. Yeah. So I, I've trashed Derrick Henry this entire offseason, and I just have a few more, a few more stats to throw into the into the trash bin. Batman. So last season, garbage. Great. He had a he had a great uh great season, right? You know, he was he was like top ten in rushing yards. Great season. Do you know how many games he had over sixty rushing yards? No. Just just the last four. Just the last four. The rest of the games, he had less than 60 rushing yards, and most of them less than, like, 30. He was he was not good at well, all. Last he was year, bad. He was, he was dropped from our in our Dynasty League, and we he have, like, bad. 10 keepers. We have 10, um, 10 bench spots in that league, and he was dropped, and you picked him up in the playoffs. Like, he was terrible. That's the kind of bad. The majority of the season. And he had... 12 touchdowns so you know you're thinking at least he'll have the touchdowns he'll get double digit touchdowns six of those touchdowns came in two games so <laughs> for 14 games he only had six touchdowns so i don't think that he's not going to get double digit touchdowns most likely and one of his two huge games where he finished as a number one running back in the league one of them he had those four touchdowns which one of them came on a 99 yard run which was almost half of his yards that game and the other game he had 33 carries, which was 12 more than any other game in the year. He's not going to get 33 carries in a game this year. No, there's just no. 
I just don't see any way that he returns RB2 value or he no might not even be a flex. No shot. I dropped Derrick Henry last year, and I would do it again. I, would, I wouldn't keep him. If I had him, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't make myself. Yeah, not, not to mention the fact that he had a total of 18 targets last year. <laughs> Especially with Dion Lewis, there's no way he's going to get any more, any more receiving. Yeah, no. Derrick so. Henry, please right. do not draft him. Okay, but seriously though, I, I don't. I think we're preaching to the choir. Um, if if anyone is listening to this podcast, they know <laughs> Derrick Henry is, is not the man they're looking for. He's not the titan of a man yeah. that he was advertised to be. Yeah, we, so we're Kyle, going on kind of long, so let's we'll get uh, this this one done, home. and then kind of get quickly to the rest. Take us home on your worst call of the day real fast. Trending down running back is the one, the only, David I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I just, just, I don't know what's what you see. I literally, I remember you showed me how to, to this was about three months ago now. You showed me how to go watch, um, go watch college every rushing Every rush from the college players and every reception. Um, shout out to I think it's FIFA astronauts. Is that correct? Yes. Want to give credit to the another draft, draft breakdown? I believe is what it's called. Draft breakdown by FIFA astronauts. We found it on a Reddit page somehow. So if you Google FIFA astronauts draft breakdown um, rookies, it's really really good. They did a really good job putting all of it together, and it's free to watch. So. Definitely go check that out. Want to make sure they get credit for that. But you told me how to do that one day. Um, I got on there. I started watching um, clips. I started with Miles Sanders. I was impressed. Of course, he was good. And then I went to Josh Jacobs, and I was impressed. You know, he was good. And then I watched David Montgomery, and I was like, wow, no, this guy's really good. Like, he's really shifty. He's pretty quick. He's not fast i would say but he's pretty pretty shifty he's very shifty he's pretty quick um he's a good pass catcher not not Tariq cohen or anything but he's a good pass catcher i just i i see him as a what really excites me about him the most is the fact that i know i'm taking over this but i'm gonna let you try yeah i'm gonna build him up just so you can break him down um the bears wanted jordan howard to be what David Montgomery could be so bad. They tried to force Jordan Howard into this David Montgomery body so hard, and it wouldn't work. Like, no matter how hard they tried, Jordan Howard is Chris Carson. He is Kalen Balazs. He is the straight-up-and-down runner, and he's really, really good at being a straight-up-and-down runner. Like, that's it. That's what he does, and he's really good at that. And... So what they did was they got rid of Jordan Howard, they traded him, and they picked the exact person they wanted. Like, this is who they scouted. They scouted David Montgomery to fill that exact role. He's a pass-catching running back who can also handle rushing yards and attempts, and he can handle himself rushing. This is what they've wanted the whole time. Like, this is it. And this doesn't mean Tariq Cohen's not going to be good. Like, Tariq Cohen will be in the in the the slot some he'll be the the fourth wide receiver a lot he'll be a lot of passes out of the backfield i see a lot of two running back sets coming this year that's what i see and mm-hmm. I, I just they're not mutually exclusive i see both of these people being relevant and i see david montgomery being the the lead back so yeah sure all those arguments make sense that's what everybody's saying about him i just think he's been overhyped 
And just to kind of drill in that point, he's currently being drafted as number 19 running back in drafts. He's going in the third round. This is exactly what we did with Darius Guys last year. And he didn't turn out because he got hurt. But I just, he's super overhyped. He is not a very good athlete in uh, terms of spark, which is uh, speed, power, agility. What are they? What does R stand for? Something in quickness, whatever it stands for. He's a 15th percentile athlete. So the reaction? 80, I'm not for sure. Yeah, yeah, his reaction. So 85% of running backs are better athletes than him in terms of spark. So he's not a very good athlete. And he's in a crowded backfield. And everybody always talks about Tariq Cohen taking all the passing work, which is true. I think Tariq Cohen is one of the best change of pace passing backs that we've ever seen. And Mike Davis is there. They signed Mike Davis, uh, I think, before the draft. So it's not like they signed him to come take David Montgomery's job or anything. But Mike Davis is a good player. Last season, Mike Davis in Seattle, which is was a crowded backfield last year as well, he was still able to carve out 112 carries and 32 catches on on 40-some targets. And I think he's he's just going to have a role this year, and nobody's thinking about it. He's probably not going to have as big a role as he did last year. But if you combine the touches Mike Davis is going to get and the touches that Tariq Cohen are going to get, because they're both good players, I just don't think there's enough left for David Montgomery to be a RB2 or the 19th running back or whatever. I have him around 30 in my ranks, the early 30s. And, yeah, he's going to have weeks where he's good. He's going to be a decent player this year in fantasy. And long-term, he'll probably be a good player. But this season, I just don't see a way he can completely dominate that backfield for touches. So, last year, Jordan Howard finished as the 20th overall running back. And my whole argument was based upon the fact that Jordan Howard can do one thing. As great as he is at doing that, he can do one thing. And I just see David Montgomery's going to get some receptions this year. He's not going to phase Tariq Cohen out, but he's going to get some receptions this year. And that has to be noticed, you know? I just think he's going to have – he has more viability as a running back than Jordan Howard does in fantasy. In fantasy. I agree with that. I just don't think he's no, that much better than I, I Mike Davis it. at this I, point. I, I see. I see. He. I see him as he is. I, I think that he is a much better running back than Mike Davis. But I, I get your point. I see it. I disagree, but I understand. I, 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 especially as a rookie running back. I propose that somehow, some way, we find a way to have a three-person. If we could do it in maybe a ranking system, where we would have him a three-person blazing bet because <laughs> I'm more on Kyle's side towards this, but I also think there's a chance for David Montgomery. Um, I think I think that I would give him more of that chance than Kyle would uh, to, to impress this year. Um, right. So we, we, me and Kyle have a blazing bet that David Montgomery – um, and Philip Lindsay, who will finish higher. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, right, right. We have yeah. that. I'm fine with making another on David Montgomery. I mean, I'm not that surefire on him. I do like him <laughs> a lot. It's just, I just 
didn't know that there was so much animosity coming from you guys towards him. I, that's honestly why I'm so heated about it. It's just that it's not that I'm that high on him. It's more of just like really surprised that other people don't like him as much. I, I just thought that we all agreed that he was good. He is good. Yeah, I don't think good. he's. I don't yeah, think exactly. he's. I think he's maybe the fourth, fourth or fifth best running back in this class. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> do you, uh, Connor? Do you think he'll finish? Uh, who's who's going to finish ahead of him from this class? Like you see, this, well, okay, Jacobs. We we got yeah, yeah, yeah. We agree with that. Um, Sanders. I, I think I have Sanders, him too. I have him too. You have him finishing ahead. I have him finishing ahead of Sanders for sure. Yeah, and and this year I have him as number three. I have him behind those two, Jacobs and Sanders. I also think that there's a chance that Singletary could finish ahead of him. I, I just don't see the possibility. David Montgomery is I just I just see him as a talented running back. I'm actually so what I'm gonna do, I decided this during this podcast, I'm gonna go through and rank every single player on talent alone. And then I'm going to show it to you guys and see where we kind of differ. And maybe we could do a um, an average on our talents. I think that would be cool. And maybe that will help us with these arguments because I just see David Montgomery as a more talented running back than I think you guys do. And I think yeah, maybe that, that could help us out. Now, in terms of the tight end for turning down, it was a little tougher to pick. I picked one, and I think we I'll just throw him out there and see if you guys agree or disagree. Okay, let's do it. Eric Ebron. Okay. How do I you guys in. feel about Ebron? I agree. I think he. If, if I had to pick one to be trending down, it would be Eric Ebron. Nice. Yeah. Okay, yep. so we're in agreement. We are all in agreement for once. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't think my agreement is the same as everyone's, but my, or not agreement, my part of the, um, the, yeah, I guess part of the agreement isn't the same because I think that, um, I, I'm so big on Jack Doyle. I think Jack Doyle mm-hmm. and Andrew Luck just have such good chemistry. And uh, whenever they're both healthy and on the field, I think Doyle's the much, much better tight end. I, I, I think he's a better tight end as well. And, I mean, everybody talks about it, but the biggest thing for Ebron is just the touchdown regression that's going to be coming. And it's yeah. uh, it's clear that it's going to be coming, and it's hard Hard to argue against it. I argued earlier for Jimmy Graham's touchdown uh, positive regression back to the mean of his career, and I think the same is true for Ebron in the negative regression way. So throughout his career, in his first four years, he had a touchdown every 17 catches, and then last year he had a touchdown every five catches. Five catches, wow. Yeah. That's so if you would, impressive. If he would have... Um, been on his career pace last year, he would have only caught four, and that would have he would. I don't think he would have been a top twelve tight end at that point. Definitely not. So yeah, that's 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 really the biggest argument for him. All right, so I know that we've ran over massively. So my, why not just hold over for just a few more minutes? I have a quick question for you guys. This is something that troubled okay. me. So my dad is in a real strange league where he's been in it for like twenty some years, and he gets to keep. One player from each position. So you get to keep a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end. Um, each team gets to have – have. Uh, no, I believe it's only three keepers is what it is, I believe. It's, I believe it's three keepers, not tight end. So this it's really strange. So you get to keep three players. If you don't keep one of the three players, you get to draft in the top three. 
So you get an extra pick at the number three pick okay. of keeping the players. You get to take one of the players that got dropped. But um, you also get practice squads and things like that. So my father was offered a trade where he could trade Odell to get Odell. He, he would have get Odell for his fourth pick, which is a first-round pick, of course. Mm-hmm. So he could trade that. And his seventh round pick, fourth pick and seventh round pick for Odell. But if he did that, he wouldn't be able to keep Keenan Allen. So would you trade Keen in in you know just ideas? Would you trade Keenan Allen in a in a first round pick for Odell? No. That's the question. No. Okay. I believe no. I was on the yes for it, actually. That's that's coming from Odell's. Like Odell's my favorite fantasy football player to yeah. ever to ever be a part of my fantasy football career. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, so I, I mean, I mentioned earlier that I was I was trading down on Baker, and it doesn't it doesn't mean I'm really trading down on Odell, but I don't think he's far enough ahead of Allen to to be worth that. So I actually said yes on it because. Where I went, uh, he gave me his login. I went through the league and with all of the practice squads and everyone keeping three people. So if everyone keeps three people, which it looked like everyone had about three people they could keep, that would mean that there were the top 24 players were already out because everyone's going to keep their number one running back and receiver. So the top 24 mm-hmm. players are gone already. So with that pick, um, I don't you really can take know. take Damien Williams. Exactly. No, no, no joke. <laughs> The players that the best players I could see available were Damian Williams and Mark Ingram. Those are like the players you're looking at. So you're pretty much trading Keenan Allen and Mark Ingram or Damian Williams for Odell. And I was I would, all in on that. I would take Keenan Allen, Damian Williams, or Keenan Allen, Mark Ingram. That would swap my opinion back see, to Odell. Exactly. I'm all in on Odell there because What about the Odell, receivers? Did you look at the receivers that were available? Yeah, Kenny Galladay was the best receiver available. Oh, I would never take mind that. Back I would take that. Way. Keenan and Keenan Kenny. Allen. Yeah, I would yeah, take Keenan, Keenan and, and Kenny Galladay yeah, every day. Ah, I guess I still kind of disagree. I definitely see that one more likely, but still kind of disagree with that. But all right, I think that's that's about. Yeah, we got we got one last question, our closing question of the day. We'll get through this really quick because we're way over time. Fair. If you had a star in a buddy cop movie with any player who was playing themselves, who would you choose? Um, I'll, I'll answer this one first, because originally when I heard this, I thought like if you my, my first thought was if I had to actually be a cop with somebody, who would it be? So my original answer to that question was Frank Gore, of course, mm-hmm. as it should be. Uh, yeah, but fair. buddy cop movie. I got to go Baker. Um, going Baker Mayfield. Baker Rambo Mayfield. Uh, Baker, Baker Rambo Mayfield, Mayfield, because this is a this is a cop movie and he's already. The new sheriff in town with that. <laughs> um, he's 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 lively. He's the life of the party. He's going to be great in the movie. It's got to be Baker. Yeah. Um, so I also thought that it was right off the bat going to be about people cop you want to be with. And I said Larry Fitzgerald because, man, what a consistent partner <laughs> you would have. Like never in your life would you doubt that your partner had your back. Like at any point in time, you'd be like, Larry's got me. Fitzgerald's right behind me. This is easy. But if it's a buddy cop movie, I'm going Antonio Brown. Um, way too exciting. Way too much fun. It would just be – it would be a box office hit for sure. He'd be 
hurting his feet, wearing helmets everywhere. Just craziness. Tell him to leave the room. You can't do this. <laughs> Antonio, you can leave now. Um, okay, well, I think my choice is the obvious choice. I think you're both just horribly wrong, and you should forgive forgive the listeners for having to sit through that. Like your Baker Mayfield. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. I, dig- I digress. This is the same. <laughs> uh, but my choice was Juju Smith-Schuster. He was immediately the guy I thought of. I think he's the best off-the-field personality in the league right now. Just the way he carries himself, the stuff he does, the hijinks that we would get into in a buddy cop movie. I think it would be. I think it would be a hit. That's fair. No, I like that. I, I, I like. As soon as you said Juju, I liked it. I think that you were also the only since you created the question. You were the only one that completely, totally understood it. So you definitely had an answer right off the bat. Whereas that was my you, plan. Me, me and me and Connor were dazed and confused and picked like unbelievable cops to star alongside of us in real yeah, life. Yeah, just have cops like NFL players that could be police officers. <laughs> For sure, uh, Frank Gore I mean, and Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> would be the best. Like I, I stand by that. Like those. I think two you two are always together. dazed and confused when it could comes you, to your takes. Yeah, yeah, nice. I think that those two would be the greatest two like duo in cops ever. Like, could you imagine? Like nothing could get by them. They would just always be ready for everything. Yeah, I mean, whatever. My pick's the best, and I think it's obvious. Cool beans. All right, I had fun. <laughs> I'm really glad that we're all here again, and yeah. we can start producing some more stuff here soon. So yeah, and I, I guess we're just gonna be a podcast that goes way over time every time. So just I think get that's used cool. to long podcasts. That's and, and, al- and also, last time Riley kind of just closed it out uh, hastily. So uh, uh, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow the podcast everywhere it's at. Where it's can we find? Where do we Apple, find the Twitter at? Apple Podcast, right? It's on uh, it's, Spotify too. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google. What do we look up to find those? It is fantasy football formula with a four. Fantasy football, the l- number four, M U L A. And then on Twitter and Instagram, it is at FF number four M U L A. All right. See you guys later. Adios. Stay tuned for more fantasy formula here on the unofficial Fairlife Chocolate Milk Podcast Network.